What's up? Welcome to the Inner City Innovators Podcast, where we will discuss marginalized communities and what it will take to bring true, lasting hope and transformation to the disadvantaged. Now, here are your hosts and hope dealers, Sean Montal and Ricky Aiken. So we, we had a, a, a great week last week, but before we get into our week, let's get into highlights, challenges, and state of being. All right. Uh, my highlight for today is we breaking apart the trip, which I thought was phenomenal. I want to thank you again while we live on air, man. This guy here, life-changing, life-changing for me. Um, I met Ricky once again, for those of y'all who might just be tuning in, I met Ricky about six and a half years ago while I myself was an at-risk youth inside of a juvenile residential facility. Ricky came in there with his heart, with his experience, with his story, man, and he he planted a seed in me that will forever continue to blossom and and. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll reap more seeds to plant into other youth as we continue to do this work, bro. So I appreciate everything you're doing for me, for sure, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Open heart, open mind. I love that. So that's my highlight, being able to embark on that amazing experience that you provided for me just last yeah. week. Uh, one of my challenges or opportunities to grow today is uh, maybe going to be sleep. Man, I've, yeah. been, I've been not getting up out of the bed lately, man. And that's yeah. a... That's a, a a present moment challenge for me. Like every day, you know, I struggle to get out of the bed now. And I'm trying to figure out why I'm not waking up yeah. feeling super empowered. Yeah. I was just telling my boy, like, I want to know what it feels like to wake up and just feel like I'm ready to go without, like, knowing there's money to make or there's right. something to gain today. Yeah. I'm just up. I feel good. Nice. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm trying to you know, implement some natural elements, maybe pull out some things, you know, that out of my daily leisures that could allow me to get some better sleep and wake up a little more fulfilled. Yeah. For sure. I'm sure you could give me a lot of guidance about that too, bro, because you be up early with the sun and the birds, oh, yeah. you know, rising with the morning sun. And uh, my state of being is I'm still feeling the same as yesterday. I'm yeah. open and coachable. I think I'm going to maintain this state of being for a few days to come, a few weeks to come. Uh, as I as I pull in a lot, I'm out here yeah. with an open mind, an open heart right now, using more ears, less tongue, and just picking up, you know, on everything I need to to That's have real. to make sure I can do this work with with my best foot forward at all times, bro. That's for sure, real, bro. That's real. Thank you for sharing. One thousand. Uh, I would say my highlights, uh, which we'll get into, was the training we got to do last week. Uh, it was a phenomenal time with phenomenal people. Uh, it's always like a reunion whenever we get to go up to Baltimore uh, and kick it at Roca Impact Institute uh, with our people from Philly, uh, our people from Louisville. We we all doing this work around the country, and it's, it's very few people that you can go in a room with and feel like that they can relate to the work of uh, gun violence prevention, and uh, that's what we got to experience. So I'm still riding the high from that. I would say my challenge or the opportunity for growth for me would be taking all the information that we got and and bringing it to fruition within the organization, like fleshing it out. And uh, that's always the hardest thing. That's those those are the things that keep me up late at night because that's when my brain's the most refreshed. But uh, balance, man, just trying to keep everything balanced. So that's my challenge, staying balanced, integrating all the great things we learn, and just pushing the work forward. 
I would say my state of being is I'm feeling exceptionally clear, um, almost too focused. <laughs> I'm too focused. Well, I feel like it's not conducive to the energy right, of right, the right, podcast, right. but it's good because you know I'm going to make it work. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know I'm going to make it work. You just in one of those, you just, I like to call it you in that mode right now. Yeah. That's what I like to call it where, you know, most times we real open, yeah. you know, we'll shoot the crap a little bit, but right now you just in that mode, Focus, bro. bro. Yeah. That information we got was a lot, man. Uh, and, and let's get into it. So I want to ask you because I understand I showed up a couple days after you guys. I know y'all had a lot going on. So what did you get the experience in those first couple of days of you guys arriving, you know, just seeing the city of Baltimore. Let's yeah. go into all of that. That's a good start. I, let me pull back a little further. Uh, basically, through one of our funders, Every Town for Gun Safety, they connected us with a larger organization, and that organization is Roca Impact Institute. Gotta make sure we throw that in there for Roca. Shout out JT and Tone. Love y'all, boys. Hell yeah, man. So they're basically what we want to be. Like, it's our dream, our vision. See, being in West Palm Beach or in Palm Beach County, I've never really seen the kind of organization that we're trying to become. So right, it's kind right. of, you're speaking a vision and you're working towards something that you've never seen before. But thanks to every town connecting us with Roca, now I see the blueprint. I see what we can become. And what makes Roca special is they're operating not only in Baltimore, I think they got a location in Boston and a few other places, but they basically focus on high-risk individuals. The young men most likely to perpetrate or be victimized is their target population. You know, that's who they focus on. And they're where we get the idea of relentless engagement. So if you got a young man that is high-risk to, to pick up a gun, their team is at his house, on the block, at his school. In his face. Yeah, whatever it takes to get that young person to know that there are resources, there are people out here that care and that mm -hmm. want to help. And the most beautiful thing about Roca is that they have the resources to actually help, right? Uh, we did a field visit last time we were here, and we got to go with some of their youth workers out into the community, and their reputation preceded them, man. Like, yeah. the young guys knew if they say they was going to help you get your GED or your driver's license or sign you up for a trade school, they were really going to do it. They were like a one-stop shop for a guy that was on the corner one day getting involved in gun violence and changing his life the next. They had everything in-house to do that, and that's my dream. I feel like in Palm Beach County, we don't devote enough care or enough concern to these issues. We, we talk all day about systemic racism, uh, our racial legacy in this country, but we look at the cycle continue without nothing meaningful for the young men that are profound casualties of those larger cycles that we know exist. Straight so facts. going back up this last time, uh, reconnecting with the staff and the other uh, partner organizations from around the country, the first day was basically us just catching up, man. Mm -hmm. We really just caught up. The first day of training was us getting an overview of some of the things we already covered. Y'all ain't really missed much by getting up late. I right, kind of right. wish y'all came with us so that y'all can get the the bird's eye view, overview of everything we've done thus far. But like you said, mm -hmm. man, shout out to JT, shout out to Tone. Like it's it's such great work they're doing. And I got to see them 
I got to see firsthand what you said about Roca having those resources in place. I mean, you know, we got resources too, right. but they got resources, resources, right. like, and they have a, they have it, you know, available at their disposal. And that's, you know, that's yeah. what I look forward to for us, you know, you know, just like you to have all of that, all of those assets available yeah. to us and our youth at our own disposal. Yeah. Like, man, we, and on our phone calls, like, we got it. We're right. making this happen. We going with that. Yeah. So that was so, a beautiful thing to see, bro. So let me ask you, uh, being this is your first time encountering, you're just getting your start with us. What, what did you think of your time in Baltimore, uh, Roca, the partner organizations, the guys from Louisville, mm -hmm. the guys from Philly? What was your feel walking away from all that brotherhood, man? Man, number one, like I keep saying, I, I live in Florida. I'm from Florida. I haven't really left that much. Right. So I'm thinking like, you know, the brothers up in New York and Philly is like, you know, citizens of another nation or something like mm -hmm. that. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking that our problems are so decentralized mm -hmm. and, you know, it's different. Like, oh, in Florida, we got a different type. But that's how the Internet can make things seem. I got to right. remember I'm young. I consume a lot of stuff still. Right. But just hanging around those brothers, I'm like, yo, we all are going through the same thing. Same thing we all riding places. the same train, fighting yep. the same mission from, you know, many different corners of the nation and the globe. Yeah. So that was cool, number one, just to, you know, notice that we not alone in the fight. Right. Like we have, you know, other connected links and chains yeah. and groups and systems of people that's ready to go, man. Right. We our own little army out here, and we just trying to grow on that. Exactly. So that was dope. And then just the most notable thing was being in the city of Baltimore, Maryland, yeah. bro. That was my yeah. first flight. Oh, that's your first flight ever, right? Yeah, bro. That's why I told you, that, man. Bro. You feel me, bro? Yeah, bro. You know what I'm saying? First flight ever, man. Yeah, with the organization. Like, let me brag a little bit, all right? Let me brag a little bit. So, boom, I get with this organization, Inner City Innovators. I'm about to go to the Bahamas for like three days. Let me just yeah. cross in for a cure. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Travis, phenomenal Shout dude. Out Love you for Piper's that. Angels. We're going to have a lot of round of applause today because we just did so much great stuff. That's, that, that's phenomenal. Like, bro, I can't even recount everything, all the places we've gone, the yeah, speaking engagements, the people we've met, getting yep. my passport, all of these things just coming at me like, okay, the Baltimore trip, I get on my first flight. Don't even have to do nothing, bro. Right. The ticket made for. Yep. Got my sure, own man. room in a yep. four-star hotel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. Eating dinner on the top floor. Seeing like, okay, like, you don't have to be in the streets, bro, to live a good life. Say it again for the people in the back. You don't have to be in the streets risking it all. Right to live a good life. All I did was just live in my purpose and outside of my pleasure, team up right. with some people that were like-minded, that had the same goals and ideas, and now I'm just reaping benefits. Right, exactly. And then you're kind of touching on something I saw at Roca, right, where they recruit young men like yourself mm -hmm. and me to do the work. Right. And not only recruit us, recruit us to do the work, those guys up there are making enough to provide for their families and support their families. Like they really bring a sense of value, a sense of respect to the work that I haven't seen anywhere else. And that's exactly where I was going with that. Like not to brag, to make it seem like, oh, we just, this, you know, we these luxury right. people, but no, right. it's the experience right. that, that you provide to your team so that we can go out and be effective yeah. in the work we do. Yeah. So we had that experience 
in order to make sure that the training, you know, we are comfortable, yeah. we're in a level-headed space, and yep. we are mentally prepared to receive that yeah. crazy yep. training that we receive. Absolutely. So that's why I said I wanted to brag on that because yeah. this is my first time ever crossing the line like that. Right. And it, it, the way you prepared me for the training, yeah. I'm like, ah, this is a great experience, but I see what's going on. This is mastery right, right here. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I want to give a shout out to every town for gun safety because they were the ones that booked the hotels, booked the flights. We had some costs on our end, but they did most of the heavy lifting. And they're the ones that kind of orchestrated this. You know, every town for gun safety does a lot of advocacy work to to reduce the the disastrous instances of gun violence we see ravaging not only our mm-hmm. communities but our schools. You know, uh, they support uh, Moms Demand Action, who's a great national uh, gun violence prevention agency, and they've been great partners and supporters of ours. I don't think inner city innovators could have seen the growth that we've seen locally without such great national partners, man. So I want to give y'all y'all roses and thank y'all for creating these opportunities where we're able to go get trained and we're able to bring this organization, these systems, this education back to our community because at the end of the day, it's all about saving lives. When I turned on the news, when I was in my hotel room uh, in Baltimore, it's as if the first 30 to 45 minutes were all shootings. It's like they, they were all gun violence, black on black gun violence. And though that organization there, and it's doing such phenomenal work, it's doing the best it can, it, it doesn't, the, the needle doesn't move until until more is done. Like, like I told people all the time, the, the conditions that make the gun violence we see in these communities, they didn't become that way overnight. Right. So they're not going to be solved overnight. But CM Roca showed me what a step in the right direction looked like. So I'm excited to bring that back. So the main reason we went up to Baltimore uh, was for a reason, something I got on my keychain now. Um, and it's called cognitive behavioral therapy. But it is a very uh, unique therapy that was specifically designed for the high-risk individuals uh, that attend Roca's uh, programming. Right? Definitely. They had researchers come in and see how the youth workers work with the youth uh, in the center, in the community. Mm-hmm. And they created a brand of CBT that can be used in the field uh, with this demographic. And I've never seen anything this responsive uh, before as opposed as regards to what we'll be using what did you think and we don't have to go we'll go in it step by step right, but right. just generally what did you think of the CBT and uh, how has it impacted you so far since you've gotten back well being that I'm a little bit mentally and you know it's for terms of awareness and things like that I'm a little bit ahead of the at-risk youth that we working on so that training since I never had it before it took a tenfold effect on me. I know it's going to work on our youth right? because of how it worked on me. Right. So I just right. want to say like a lot of things that they uncovered in the training, I'm still a youth myself. I'm only right. 24 years old. Right. I still deal with a lot of that stuff. I right. still, you know, operate and, and act out of a lot of those cycles that they went into. Right. So I was just like, wow, I was blown away because as much as I was, you know, 
receiving a training, I was also receiving a new indoctrination yeah. of how I can think and process problems and move throughout life. And it was just great for me, bro. It was awesome. And then Tone, um, when we took our lunch break, yeah. Tone took me on a tour around the entire facility they had over there. Right. And it was great, bro. Yeah. I'm just like, yo, look at this. They got this office, this person in charge of this, you right. know, he in charge Social of that. Social work. Employment. The, the kids clean. They clean the windows. They yeah. picking up trash around the city house. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Yeah. They employing their youth. Yeah. They doing all types of stuff. So just to see that, to see what we do yeah. on a, you know, just on a larger scale, was like, wow. To see where we headed next yeah. and have an example of that, I was like, Shh, man. Oh yeah, and it's confirmation that we were on the right path. You know, yes. The number one, like one of the number one symptoms and uh, something that perpetuates gun violence, is the trauma. You know, um, there are many studies that show that kids growing up in communities of concentrated violence suffer the same types of PTSD uh, levels as soldiers coming home from war, comparable levels. So, I knew that whatever we were doing, it had to deal with that trauma. You know, when you're Facts. growing up in a community that's always in survival mode, you're not really going to know how to thrive when you're outside of that community. And that's why social emotional learning was always on the top of the shelf for us. But seeing how practical this CBT was, mm -hmm. which we're about to get into, was just beautiful. So Roca CBT says anytime a kid is going through a problem or a situation, they're caught up in a cycle. Right. It's the think, feel, do cycle. Right. You think a thought that makes you feel a certain way that makes you act out a certain way. Right. Right. And it's not always in that order. You could feel a certain way that makes you think a certain way that makes you do something. And just like you said, you use it on yourself. I use it on myself. The other day. I woke up and I was feeling like I, I was I was thinking like, man, I got so much to mm -hmm. do today. I started like feeling overwhelmed. I'm thinking about all the things I need to do. And thinking like that caused me to feel anxious. Right. Right. And I don't right. do good with anxiety. When I get anxious, instead of getting the to do list and getting to it, I start procrastinating. Right. Mm. But because of this CBD, CBT training, I saw the process. I saw that the thoughts were giving me anxiety, which were going to lead to me procrastinating. And I was able to break the cycle. So they say if you're caught in a thought pattern, right? It was the thought that led to my feel like you just want to find out where the young person or the person is in their cycle. And mine was, I was thinking about everything I had to do today. So they gave us these cards to remind us of the cycle, right? So I would go to thoughts, right? And one thing you can do, no matter where you are in the cycle, is get mm -hmm. present, right? Right. Because presence breaks you out of the, the thought, spinning. the feeling, and the action. Because the, you got to focus on the, the biggest moment. thing for me with the presence was the control. Mm -hmm. Like I was giving so much of my power away to the to being anxious about things that are ahead of me that I'm not even certain of, right. and then being too connected to things that are behind me that have already happened that I can't change, no matter how much I keep spinning myself out of control about it. Right. So I'm like, yeah, getting present takes you out of that. Right. It's, it's like a, it's like, you know, it's like I'm in the middle and then you got a, a, a marble here and a marble here and they both just spinning around the present moment in a vortex. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I have no control over what's in the center. Yeah. It's all dizzy trying to keep up with those marbles running around. Right. So I'm like, right, bro, I become more present. Then I have control over what's in front of me. Right. The conversations, the situations, the feelings, 
the thoughts, the actions right in front of me. Right. Because when I'm in the past, then I act out of the past. Right. When I'm in the future, I don't even know how I'm acting because right. that's total uncertainty. Exactly. So I'm sitting there, I'm listening to JT breaking all this down. I'm like, it just hit me too, like, bing, yeah. bing, 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 bing. Yeah, yeah bro. So I've, I've been going through it on my own as well. And I'm just like, every day you learn something different as you keep going through it. Exactly. So long story short, right? The cycle, think, feel, do. You mm -hmm. get caught up in a, a, a thinking pattern that leads to feeling a certain way, to doing certain things. And they have basically seven tools that you use to help a young person break the cycle. The first thing is you try to discern where they are in that cycle. But the tools are as follows. Tool one is be present, as you just spoke to. When you're you're thinking too much in the future or in the past, you're removed from the present moment. And in all actuality, the present moment is all you really have. Right, right. right? Tool two was label your feelings, right? This is big because every week in group, what do we do during our true north? You know, highlights, challenges, right. what? State, state of, being. of being. State, label how you feel in the right. present moment. And we've seen the, the momentous impact of just labeling how you feel in the present moment and the results that had in their life. Uh, number three is move it. Do something every day, especially when you don't feel like doing anything, to disrupt the spinning cycle over time. And that's obviously in regards to actions and do. Uh, the next one is act on your values. You know, it teaches the difference between emotion-driven behavior and value-driven mm. behavior, right? And that when was I was younger, too. I would react based on my emotions. I, I did what felt good. I was more impulsive. Mm -hmm. Now I'm more values driven. I'm acting in accordance with my personal mission statement. As you should. Right? The next one is stick with it. When we stick with it, our discomfort tends to decrease over time. So instead of giving up, when you face an uncomfortable situation, just go with it. Hold on. Go a little further. And then you realize that you aren't weak. You're actually impatient. And you Facts, learn your man. strength and your ability to endure. And uh, the sixth is flex your thinking. When our thoughts are not true or helpful, they can keep us stuck in a spinning cycle. By examining our thoughts, we can change them, right? So thinking from a different perspective, thinking outside the box. And the last one is to solve it, you know, generate multiple solutions Evaluate based on what you value and choose your best option and make an action plan. Facts. Right? So when you, and it's, it's beautiful because even when we're in group, right, and a kid comes in and he's feeling terrible, like, we would try to address it the best we could. Right. But now armed with these seven tools or these seven principles that are backed by science. Right. We can help lead our youth down to better outcomes at an easier rate than we ever have before. Interesting. Great. And I'm glad you went through those seven steps because I think that was very important for any parents that may be watching to kind of be a frontline soldier with us in the homes. Because yeah. I always like to say we only get a certain amount of time with our youth. They spend all their time at school, at yeah. home and in their communities. So that's where we are reaching right. to to really, you know, put the, the rubber to the pavement and get this thing going. Right. Yeah. So examples, let's give examples of what it's like to be in the think cycle, yeah. the feel cycle or the do cycle. So there's three ways that a youth would come to us in a traumatic situation. Right. 
They all come to us out of a traumatic thought process, a feeling process, or a do process, or action, right? right? So, an example, a youth might come to Ricky. I'm a youth. I might come to Ricky. I might say, dang, Ricky, man, I just think, I just think nobody don't care about me, bro. Like, I call, they don't pick up the phone. Right. I show up, nobody want to give me any help. I think nobody don't care about me, Ricky. That's an example of a mindset, right? right. So you are, having, to certain feelings. you are having some destructive thoughts about self and environment that are going right. to lead to some feelings. So because you think nobody cares about you, I'm telling Ricky, I think nobody doesn't care about me. That tends to make me feel like I'm nothing. Right. Now I feel worthless. Now I feel I don't have value in life. I feel I can't provide anything. Yep. So and what do hurt people do? Hurt people. So that could lead me to do something about it. Go out and do some impulsive behavior to be liked, to have respect. Nowadays, suicides become such a huge problem when people start to feel that right. they are nothing because they think nobody cares. So they go and do something that ruins everything, man. And suicide so, looks different in our community than it does in other. Suicide ain't necessarily us putting a gun right. in our heads. Suicide is participating in such reckless behaviors <sighs> that you're doing things that you know is going to cause someone to come and kill you. Also, suicide by cop is another example of that. Right. And then, so that's just a little small mental example, right, of how thoughts lead to feelings that lead to actions. So now you, Ricky, you you in the community, yeah. Dunbar Village, yeah. housing projects coming yeah. up in the trenches. Give a, let's put an example out there of what this would be like from a violent situation, right. from a situation of gun violence. Right. Absolutely. Right. When I and I've been in this before, where we were at a we were having an event at Coleman Park, uh, one car hit another, and a dude got out, and he was about to put his hands on somebody, Oof. right? And he's in the action cycle, right? He's already past the thinking and feeling. His thought is, this motherfucker that hit my car, he feels slighted. He's about to do something about it, right? And uh, it was me, Norman, Nay, and a few other guys, and I remember I went over to the guy because he was kind of like the aggressor. And I remember I stopped, I, I, I tried my best, because you don't want to exasperate. I don't want him to perceive anything I say as, as disrespect. Threat, right. So, you know, I take the low road, like, hey, bro, 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 think about it. Is this worth it? And all I, all I wanted to do for him is to frame it in a way where he could have his self-respect and walk away without losing that. Right. right. So the way I tiered the situation is like, they're not worth it, bro. You're, you're a, this is beneath you, right? He can make peace with that. Facts. What we normally do in the community is you you gonna you gonna let them disrespect you like that, right? We do the opposite. So it's using, and that's a principle in a way that I use based on intuition. But imagine our youth equipped with this when they they know exactly how to quail it. They can see when that right. homeboy feeling it, or when they're thinking a certain way. Like the example you use, if someone's thinking a certain way, we are equipped to ask, well, when, when you think that way, how does it make you feel? Facts. Well, it makes me, me feel worthless. And when you feel worthless, what do you think you're likely to do? You know, and they're able to draw these conclusions. And then you can shift the gear. Well, what's another way of thinking about the situation? You know, you say, uh, Mr. Ricky not calling you back mm -hmm. made you feel worthless. What's another way of looking at that? Mm -hmm. Well, Mr. Rick probably was busy. 
It's not that he don't care about me. He probably had something on his plate, right? Then when you look at it that way, it has nothing to do with your, your, with your worth. Right, exactly. So we're really teaching them how to, how to see in a way that doesn't put any more psychological trauma or burden on them, man. Because I honestly believe that a lot of the, our pain and our suffering in our lives is a result of how we see. It's our paradigm, right? If I'm looking through rose-colored glasses, everything that I look at is going to appear to be rose-colored, right, right? right? But if I change the filter on those glasses, so goes everything I see. So it's learning to see things in a way that empower us instead of takes our power away. Straight facts, bro. And I love how you took that and you you took that example and gave it with a different spin yeah. on the cycle because you see how I led with the cycle of think, right. but you led with the cycle of do. Right. He already passed the first two. Yeah. He in the last one. So we got to try and backtrack with him. Right. So it could become a very complex process but now that we have that tool yeah. and we understand the simplicity of brain process yeah. is this person in their top brain where yep. they're making their executive decisions right. or is in their lower brain where survival. they acting out of survival yeah. and they acting out of you know what i'm saying so exactly. and we have those tools now but one last thing i wanted to touch on which was the craziest point that i took from cbt yeah. roca and baltimore I took the implicit bias thing wow. and ran with that, yo. Yeah, go into how that impacted <laughs> you, bro. So I'm curious to they hear. showed us a picture, man, of a guy in a hoodie, and he had a, a like a, a ski mask type of thing, you know, the winter mask yeah, on. Yeah. We couldn't see skin color. We couldn't see hair type. We couldn't see nothing. Yeah. So they go around the room. They like, what you think about it? What you think about it? Yo, everybody got a different answer. I see somebody who cold. I see a threat. I see... This and that. Right. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, how do they not see a threat? I'm right. from Florida. It's 90 <laughs> degrees outside. This guy's a threat to everyone. Yeah. But yeah. they from Baltimore, though. Right. It be right. cold. It's like cold. this dude, right. you know what I'm saying? So that helped me understand how, based off our experiences, our encounters, and the way we was brought up, we can perceive the same thing as totally different. Mm. And I just, I thought that was like crazy, man. Because right, right. I, I was going throughout my life doing that. But not in a sense of being, being over-impulsive or, you know, over-imposing of it, but not allowing myself to understand polarity views yeah. that this other person has a different encounter, a different right. experience, regardless if I understand it, if I think I'm a master, none of that matters. Yep. They don't have the same background experiences, encounters. Mm. They haven't heard the same words, the same. Right. So they're going to perceive this as something based off of that, based right. off what they come from, what they know. Exactly. And that was huge for me, bro. I was like, ha. Huh. I can hey, remove all judgment now. Yeah, and you, you unwittingly stumbled upon my superpower, right? It, it was perspective. It was how we see. Like, most of the guys I grew up with, they saw our situation for what it was. Like, we were poor. We were black. We were in this community. Our, our, our daddies weren't shit. We weren't going to be shit. That was, like, the mentality. Like, if your big brother sold dope, you were going to sell dope, right? My difference was like my perspective, right? I started mm -hmm. looking at my situation different. Well, I started looking at my life like a movie, right? Right. In every movie, it start off with the person in a, in a bad spot. Like you think of pursuit of happiness, right? Dude, life was a mess, bro. Total he mess. Lost his car. Mm -hmm. It's like everything was down for the worst, right? 
Then what happened? He grind. He worked hard. He educated himself. And then the end of the movie, he won. So I started looking at my life like that. Like, yeah, like, um, I, I'm, I'm, I don't have relations with my dad. My mom's on drugs. My big brothers are in and out of prison. I'm not doing well in school. I'm in this community of concentrated violence and disadvantage. Instead of seeing that as something that was holding me down, I looked at it as something that was going to make my movie that much more better Facts. once I overcame it. Facts. Yeah, here we are today. My story is what drives a lot of the work we do. So that goes into the power of paradigm, the power of your perspective, the power of how you choose to see. There are so many entities, political parties, all that, that will give us a way of looking at our situation that robs us of our agency, that robs us of our power, that robs us of our ability to take our fate with God's help into our own hands. And I'm against that. Like, I don't, you don't give me a disempowering model of reality. Facts. Give me one that I could work with, that I could take the hand that I was dealt and I could play myself a better hand. Great stuff, Ricky. Yep. Great stuff, man. Great, great stuff. Um, Before we wrap this thing up, I want to send one more special, special shout out to Roca, Baltimore, to every town, to Cities United, to each and every single sponsor, donor, supporter, volunteer, yeah. the parents, the youth, each person across the nation, the world, and the community that makes this thing possible because we can't do it alone. Mm -hmm. There's a proverb I've been adhering to lately, and it say, if you wanna go fast, get in the car, go alone. But if you wanna go far, go together. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate the unity that we are able to have out here because yeah. when we unite, then we can fight the right fight. So I just wanted to put that out there, man. Thank yeah. you again to Roca Baltimore, for JT, Tone, thank y'all for that phenomenal intellect that y'all gave to me and my team. Yeah. Man, thank y'all. Yeah. Can't thank you enough, bro. Absolutely. And I guess I'll close with this to, to all our donors and, and followers and supporters, man. CBT is just the latest on our notch, right? We've been doing a process called the Model for Intentional Change with our young person, where we help them identify their ideal self, then measure their real self and come up with learning plans to, to, to get to where they wanna be. Uh, all of our efforts are undergirded by the helper theory. You can look that up. It's the same theory that undergirds uh, Narcotics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, which posits that if a young person or a person is involved in helping people who are from a situation that he's from, the helper derives a sense of self-efficacy and becomes more willing to make positive decisions right. that they normally wouldn't make. Right. Right? And a host of other things that we do. Everything we do with our young people is intentional, is, is aimed at giving them the tools they need to transform their own life and become the change they want to see in their community. So to all our donors, supporters, Roca, Everytown, Cities United, everyone that we have the privilege of calling partners, we just want to thank y'all for supporting us and uh, thank all our listeners for tuning in. Without y'all, none of this wouldn't be possible. Peace.